What's going on? Welcome to the Barbecue Happy Hour Podcast. I'm Big Dan, I'm here with Messy Mike, and we are ready to talk about barbecue, life, family, sports, whatever comes up. Let's get going. Welcome to episode 14. Messy Mike and I sat down with Joey Machado, the owner of Texas Original Charcoal. Joey helped grow B&B Charcoal into who they are today and has now started his own charcoal company with a little bit different business model. Listen in as he shares with us how he got involved with the charcoal business, his vision for his new company, some of the challenges with manufacturing charcoal, and more. Joey's a hustler, a hard worker, and was a pleasure to have on the show. Here we go. Well, you look like professional. Got a studio over there. Ah, uh, <laughs> just my office, man. Another day. <laughs> So, Joey, um, so we're not live, um, so this does get edited. Um, no, it's all good. But basically, you know, just kind of um, having a conversation, kind of learning more about you, um, barbecue-wise sure. and personal-wise. Um, so, yeah, we just we thought it would be a great time to have you on. Um, no, it's perfect. So, <clears throat> I met you um, a couple years back, and when I met you, you were with B&B. Correct. And... You did such a great job for that company that I don't think I was the only one that thought this, but I thought you owned the company. So. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Um, I did yeah. too. <laughs> I think no, there did. was there was a lot. There was a lot of folks who thought that. And uh, yeah. at the time I was, you know, <clears throat> I guess we can just kind of jump into it is, is you know, my background was, you know, I've been a competition cook for 22 plus years, 23, something like that. Um you know, and focused on Texas barbecue, you know, IBCA's, you know, type barbecue back down here in Texas. And um, it just so happened, you know, I was like every other team out there, you know, I was looking for a sponsor. And um, I just happened to, uh, you know, find the product. Uh, they happened to be very close to me. Um, uh, logistically, you know, they're only like 40 minutes from my house. And at the time, they were just a very small company, you know. And, um, so I've always had a, a kind of a sales and marketing type background. So, um, you know, when I found a brand like that and a product that was good and I really liked using the product, I felt like it worked for me. Um, you know, I pursued it and tried to see if there was an opportunity to work with them on, you know, branding for them, you know, building the brand. That's, that's what I always thought, you know, building the brand. I thought it was such a great product that more people should know about it. And at the time, I mean, it was it was a very hard product to find. Um, it was in a very small market. Um, you know, like I said, Texas-based. The company originated um, in the early 60s, um, but it was not acquired by the, the family who owned it at the time. They, they didn't acquire it until like the 80s. And um, then again, I mean, the company had been around for 30 years. And, uh, but still not a lot of people knew about it. So when I came on board, um, it was a time that, uh, Western wood, um, you know, that they were dominating in Texas, you know, everybody was using Western wood. They were out there promoting and you'd see them at events and they'd have these big parties and, you know, they would kind of go around and kind of, kind of tap you for, oh yeah, you're good enough to come to this party tonight or, you know, whatever at these events, you know, and it kind of depended on what you did last weekend is, you know, if you were going to get in or not. And so it was kind of one of those deals that, you know, they went around and, you know, they were the big deal. You know, you, if you were part of the Western group, man, you, you were like, you were the top of the top. 
And, uh, you know, you had guys like Ernest Cervantes and, you know, a few others who were, you know, just the hardcore barbecue guys at the time. And um, so <clears throat> Western Wood went through and they got big enough to where they sold out to uh, Duraflame Group. And uh, when Duraflame sold out, um, I approached the owner of B&B or one of the owners. It was a family <clears throat> and... Um, the son, one of the sons, uh, you know, I approached him. I said, Hey, look, you know, I've been, I've been pushing your product branding for you. Um, you know, they got me to go. I started doing trade shows for them, you know, and this was just for free product. No big deal. No checks, no nothing like that. And, um, just happy to be, you know, part of the group, you know, whatever. And, uh, so when Western had bought the, or got bought out, um, I approached him and said, Hey, look, I, I think this is a great opportunity. I think y'all could grow, you know, and the owner said, well, you know, what do you think they, what do you think we could really do? And I said, well, I mean, I remember Western when they weren't very much and now they're in like every Walmart and, you know, HEBs and, and our big grocery stores down here. You know, I said, man, you easily double your business or something like that. And so anyways, we got going. Um, they kind of put me on, you know, they never had anyone in, you know, in a marketing role for the company. And I just kind of jumped in there and took off. And, you know, I think I was with the company for a couple months. And I think the first thing that I ever went to go do was I, I went to go do a NBBQA event. Um, at NBBQA, I met pretty much everybody in barbecue from Mark Lambert to, you know, uh, Malcolm Reed. You, I mean, everybody. I mean, it was just like one weekend, all of a sudden I knew everybody, um, the shed, um, you know, all those folks. Um, and it happened to be, we had that meeting. It was in, can't remember if it was in Texas or not. But anyway, we had the meeting and then it was like at the event, they were like, oh yeah, there's this event coming up called Memphis in May. You ought to come check it out. And, um, I just like packed up a whole trailer full of stuff and went to Memphis in May and, no one invited me. I, I had no clue about Memphis in May. And I just started driving around the park, handing out charcoal. And uh, before you knew it, you know, <clears throat> we had a lot of teams that, that used the product and they, you know, they walked the stage and, you know, all of a sudden it kind of turned into a big deal. Right after that, we had Hurricane Harvey um, and uh, I got involved with OBR and we went out there and we had the product in front of everybody and, you know, we're out there doing good deeds. And uh, before you knew it, you know, I had the whole kind of national barbecue community, um, you know, kind of behind us because, you know, we, we were out there. You couldn't turn around and not see us, you know, I, or see me. I mean, I was out there everywhere, you know, and um, and it would just that's just kind of what I thought needed to be done in order to grow the brand. And in a few years, you know, we did. We grew the brand tremendously. Um, and then it just got to a point to where they were growing too fast almost yep. you know so uh you know they just they just kept growing um taking on new customers but diluting the brand if that mm -hmm. makes any sense to you right yep. so at one time we had something that was super special you know my ambassador team was you know mo Kason, uh mark lambert boar's night out um you know at one time i had malcolm reed you know, at one time I had Cosmo at one time, you know, I mean, it just the list goes on and on and on 
with all these people that, you know, we had affiliated to our brand. And um, it was super impressive, you know, and we did a great job branding. Um, you know, I don't know. I spent 20 grand in baseball caps, I think, one year, just <laughs> handing out baseball caps, you know, and who knows how much charcoal. But at the end of the day, I know what we did worked. Um, mm-hmm. And what I did was, you know, I didn't really have a budget or anything, but it was all guerrilla marketing. You know, I, I just wound up at events and invited myself and acted like I belonged there. And, you know, and before long, people were okay with me being there. And uh, they understood that I wouldn't get to write any checks, but I'd give them all the free product they could handle. And um, as long as I could stick bags out there. And um, so in the long run, it worked. Um, worked for B&B all the way until they wound up getting bought out by Duraflame. And uh, when they got bought out by Duraflame, um, there was a marketing group that basically came in and, you know, kind of took over kind of where I was. And it just so happened that right before I left them that year, I had finally gotten to a point where I wrote a real business plan or a real marketing plan for them. And um, one of the biggest things was that company always had these brokers involved. And... um, to everyone who's a broker, I'm sorry, but I just don't like brokers. <clears throat> uh, you know, I just feel like, you know, that they're in there. They they have, it's a who you know business, like anything they're else. They're like used you know? car salesmen. Pretty much, you know. Yeah. Um, any new, you know, they belong to all the old business, but then any new mm-hmm. business that came to the table, you know, they got a piece of it without having to do anything. And uh, it just so happened that we had this uh, marketing meeting and... Um, all of a sudden, you know, this, these brokers show up at this meeting. And, um, unfortunately in the first thing in my, uh, marketing proposal that year was get rid of the brokers. And, um, because, you know, I felt like if we could give up that percentage, um, we could, you know, do so much more marketing wise. And Mm -hmm. I was at the point where I didn't think it was fair for, uh, trying to do business with independent stores and doing business with big box stores, um, offering the same product, right? I just feel like, you know, it's little guy just can't compete with big guy. We, we get that. We understand, you know, there are premium products. There are regular old products. You know, it's like buying a TV at Walmart or buying one at Best Buy. Some people feel like it's a better product at Best Buy. Some people don't have a problem with Walmart, uh, but it's perception, right? So, um, when I left, uh, being B, I just kind of, I had this kind of thing in my head, you know, where I said, man, you know, there's there, there, it's a great market. I just, you know, I don't want to get out of the charcoal industry. Um, I'd actually been approached by like Royal Oak and, you know, kind of went and, and met with them and they were just like too corporate, just didn't, wasn't my thing. You know, I just, I liked the little small companies, you know, type of deal. I like growing something. I don't like to go in something that's already built, I guess, if that makes any sense. Sure. And um, so at the time, you know, I was kind of bouncing that around. I was looking at uh, Royal Oak. Um, at the same time, uh, Sebastian with Fogo had reached out to me through a mutual friend. And um, I went and met with Sebastian and um, Sebastian with Fogo Charcoal, which wonderful, great product. And he's, he's done an incredible job with that brand. And, um, he invited me out to Miami to come meet with him and 
So I went to go see him and, um, you know, after the ex experience I just had with, you know, Royal Oak that, you know, you go in and it's just like super, super corporate, you know, and I walk into, uh, Sebastian's office down in Miami and, um, you know, I'm, this office kind of like just in a warehouse, you know, and there's this guy painting the, you know, just with a roller painting the wall, you know, I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm looking for Sebastian. And he turns around. He's like, Hey, I'm Sebastian. I'm like, all right, cool. I can work with you. You know, it's, you know, a guy who's willing to do everything is the guy like me, you know, I don't care if it's taking out the trash or, you know, meeting with an executive or whatever we do it all. You know, and um, sure. so anyways, I spent some time with Sebastian. Um, great product. We wanted to kind of uh, expand the the reach of the product. At that time, they were like really big into uh, the Big Green Egg community. Yep. Um, and that's where their respect was. And, you know, number one sellers on Amazon, which I thought was phenomenal because to sell charcoal online and ship it to people, and still have like number one ratings on Amazon, that's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, uh, most charcoal just won't survive it. And um, so anyways, but he he did a great job with it. We wanted to expand it into a different market, you know, so we brought it down here to Texas, put it in a lot of people's hands in the comp world um, and started growing it more. And then kind of in the middle of it, <clears throat> we uh, I got approached um, with uh, Tim Shear um, out of Blues Hog. And, um, uh, we just kind of, we talked, kind of hit it off and he wanted to expand his charcoal program. Sebastian wasn't quite ready to expand his charcoal program. And, uh, so I went ahead and we left cordially and I went, jumped on board with Tim and, um, went ahead and, you know, developed a few products for him to expand his charcoal. And, uh, we put out some great products and, um, just kind of continued to kind of go down that path and uh you know grow his brand which he's already got an ex a, a fantastic brand with the blues hog you know sauce seasoning um he's jumped into meat products he's got a lot going on you know and gateway drums and you know everything and um it just took me a little bit of time you know and i just started kind of thinking more and more about you know i've been doing a lot of stuff for a lot of people and um just really never have really been at it benefited from me. And, uh, so I got into a situation to where, um, I got approached by another company who, uh, is actually a company who private labels charcoal and, uh, they're out of Mexico. And it happened to be that this company, um, works with a lot of brands that I've worked with in the past. And, uh, so they were looking for somebody to be kind of like a liaison for them to, uh, help them with the, expand their private labeling. Uh, make business a little bit easier. And um, when we had the conversations, you know, I said, well, it sounds very interesting. I said, but I, you know, I can't do anything unless, you know, I have a piece of the company. It just, I've been doing this too long. I've had so many people promise me that they're going to give me this and that and the other, and nothing ever came to fruition on that. So uh, when this came across and these guys said, yeah, we, you know, we're willing to work with you, give you a piece of the company. And I said, well, I said, sounds great. I said, but I also want to launch my own brand. And uh, when, you know, they said, that's perfect. You know, it's something we can work towards. And I said, no, I said, it's it's something that has to happen on day one. You know, I'm not going to just sit here and, and wait for, you know, something else to happen. I said, I, I want to jump in here. I think I can grow a brand today. I think that I can launch a brand and I think it could be a successful brand. And 
I kind of pitched my ideas of what I wanted to do. And again, luckily I've had a lot of people who've had some faith in me and what they thought that I could do. And, um, here I am today with uh, my own brand and, uh, which is called Texas original charcoal. Um, there's been some friends and, and, um, some partners in the way, uh, to make all this happen. One of my partners is uh, Anthony Saragusa, who owns Texas Original uh, Barbecue Pits. And he's had that company since the early 2000s. Actually, a little bit earlier than that, but he's a guy who's been making barbecue pits, traditional Texas-style barbecue pits out of Texas, um, Houston area. And um, we wound up, I don't know, four years ago, we probably had a meeting and you know he wanted to launch a charcoal brand at the time. And we never made it happen, you know, and so when I had this opportunity to uh, to start this charcoal brand, I already had him in the back of my mind uh, because we came up with a really cool, you know, again, we played off of his brand, Texas Original, and uh, I wanted something that was going to be, you know, that sounded like it's been around forever, um, looked like it's been around forever. And, uh, you know, and again, my, my main priority was to create a product that was good enough for me which i mess with every product in the world um it was something that i thought individuals could appreciate <clears throat> i do want to have a premium product but i don't want to you know i, I don't want to make it into a premium price product right i don't yeah. know it's kind of weird you know I, I think that you know when i look at things and i you know people covid's kind of changed everybody right so everyone has a little bit more appreciation for what they're doing, what they're buying, what they're putting in their body and, you know, everything else. And um, so when we started to uh, kind of put this concept together, you know, I said, look, guys, I want to start this charcoal company. I said, but uh, we're only going to sell this to uh, specialty stores. And they're like, oh, OK, like Cabela's. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, we're, we're only going to sell this to like barbecue specialty stores like mom and pops and uh specialty meat markets and um and that's what we're gonna do and you know they looked at me like i was crazy and they go hey you know i don't know if there's enough business out there for that and how are we going to do it logistics and you know this that and the other and i said well i said the good thing is, is i'm not in a hurry you know i said we're we're gonna we're gonna get it out there we're gonna do it right and uh we're gonna start this business where i think that it it matters most and I want to give the dealers a product that, A, they don't have to fight with their customer every single time when they're in there and go, oh, no, I'll just go get that at Walmart because it's, you know, two bucks off or it's Labor Day and there's two of them for $10 or, you know, whatever. We all know that that product <clears throat> is not the best product you can buy. You know, we want to give them a very good product at a very good price. Um, but at the same time, I don't want to cheapen the experience for my dealer. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, we've created this product right now. I've got a, uh, a, a lump charcoal product, which is kind of hard to describe it in the charcoal business. We, we say that it's like a four to five inch lump piece. So, uh, that's going to be about kind of the, the smallest piece that you're going to have in there right now. Um, it is an oak product. So what I've got out there right now is an, it's an oak lump in a, uh, it's like a medium sized lump really. It's not like a, a big XL piece. It's very manageable, um, but they're really nice and dense pieces. And then we also have a briquette that we launched, 
um, which the briquette is just a really, really nice all-natural briquette that is going to give you, no matter what briquette you've ever used before, I already have a ton of people who are saying that this is like the best briquette they've ever used. You know, and I had, there was one briquette that I've used in my life that I just absolutely loved, which was a, a heat bead that, it's an Australian brand, but it came out of Asia and it was a coconut shell. And the thing was so hard that you could drop it on the ground. It just would not break. And so when we started doing these briquettes, you know, I said, look, I drove my guys crazy because I kept telling them, I was like, look, I, I, it's got to be like super dense. Um, you know, I want it to, to look good coming out of the bag. Um, you know, you, we've all opened up that bag of briquette and, you know, half of them are like disintegrating before they ever, you know, hit the grill, you know, type of thing. And there's a couple reasons for that. But the main reason is, it's just not, it's, it's not a, um, it's just the products not handled well, right? <clears throat> there's several processes in, you know, when you're making a briquette, um, from your, product that you're starting with to the natural starch that you're going to use to taking care of the molds, you know, when they're filling them and stuff like that, there's more steps to it. And so when you open up a bag of my briquettes, you're really going to notice this. It's almost like a ball. If you would even think of it, it, it still looks like a briquette, but it is super tall. And um, so what a lot of people like, because they were asking, Oh, you're going to be, you know, because of my history, like, oh, you're going to put a T in it or you're going to put a, you know, X in it or you're going to do something like that. I was like, nah. I said, we're, it's just going to be smooth. Um, you know, like I said, it's just really, really nice, um, almost spherical. Um, but you have, when you stack them up, you get so much airflow between them. It just, it's kind of ridiculous. So I had a guy pointed out to me this past weekend. He's like, man, he goes, you know, I've ran B&B forever. And he goes, you know, you stuck, you got me started on that. And he goes, you know, the B&B burns from the outside in, he said, but yours burn from top to bottom down. And I was like, well, you know, I said, but does it do what you want it to do? And at the end of the day, he was like, oh yeah, man. He said, it just, he said, it, it's pretty amazing, you know, the way that they're running. And that's, that's my main priority, right? I just want to have a really great product. I don't care if I sell 500 truckloads, you know, I just want to have a great product. I'm still doing private label for other people. Um, I don't need to sell a ton, right? But that's not the whole reason why we're here, right? The reason why we're here is we do want to make money at the end of the day, but we also want our dealers to make money. And I want all my end users to be okay with whatever they're going to spend on that product. And uh, to build a better, good enough brand for people to, you know, want to wear my caps and my logos and everything else, because we are growing this into a lifestyle brand, right? Now I have pits. I've got charcoal, we've got seasonings, we've got sauces coming, um, I've got accessories. Um, we're building this into kind of like a one-stop shop. But the reason I'm doing that is because for some of these mom-and-pop shops, if they can only buy from one vendor, you know, if they, if, you know, what if they don't want to buy from 40 vendors? What if I can give them everything that they want from one vendor and it's all good enough, you know, for them to sell? And a lot of the accessories I have, or like usable accessories. It's not the goofy stuff that you're going to get for Father's Day, you know, from your aunt, two downs, you know, <laughs> two families down the road because, you know, they know you barbecue on the weekend. You know, it's, uh, you know, we it's all very usable stuff. Um, you know, it's all stuff that, you know, I would use 100%. 
Um, but it's been kind of like one of these deals, you know, when I started talking to a lot of these dealers and asking them, you know, kind of what it was, because again, we're coming off of COVID. We're trying to understand, we know that they had the best months of their, or the best years of their life in a barbecue store, uh, because everyone made so much money in the barbecue business. It was ridiculous, um, until they ran out of product. Right. And, um, so what I was trying to bounce up these people I was tell me what's selling and what's not selling. And what started happening was, is a lot of your premium stuff started not selling that well. Right. But you had a lot of the middle of the road products price wise that was doing well. And then at the tail end of COVID, you know, people were just kind of, you know, they were, they were shying away from everything was $20 over a bag, but they were buying everything else, you know? And again, we're, we're in a, we're in a time right now to where I don't even know how half these people are going to contests right now. You know, um, beef is, you know, it's hard to find, um, 10 years ago when I started cooking 20 years ago, when I started <clears throat> cooking the briskets that we were buying, then they were nothing like the briskets we're buying today. Yeah. You know, there was no fat in them. There was just, you know, it was, we were buying, we wanted lean meat back then. You know, we didn't want the fatty meat like they're buying today. And of course, now the markets have caught up with that. And, you know, anything's got any fat striations in it, whether it's pork, uh, beef, anything like that. Those prices are off the charts right now. Yeah. And um, and again, I mean, you can go, I went to a grocery store the other day and, you know, there's, there's a, just some, briskets in there that are, you know, you can't find any fat in them at all. And, you know, they're two bucks a pound, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but again, comp guy, he ain't going to buy that, right. you know? And, right. um, so it's been very interesting. It's been an interesting journey. Um, I have been involved in a lot of different things in my whole career. Uh, but one of the things that I was involved with was, uh, I was actually with a company that did, um, uh, we did cattle cooling systems in feed yards. And uh, that was a few years before, you know, I got into the barbecue business. Um, and just a couple weeks ago, I had an opportunity to go back up to the Amarillo area and go spend some time with some friends of mine out in the feed yard and, um, and understand how much those feed yards have changed and uh, the quality of beef and, you know, everything else, huge science behind everything. But again, like I said, is, you know, my history is not only as a cook, not only as a person in barbecue business, but somebody who's been affiliated to the meat side of things, been, you know, affiliated to a lot of logistics, you name it. And so there's a lot of things that I look at today and I try to think like an end user, right? And I want my customers to be super happy. Um, I even developed a secondary line, which I've got a secondary line, which is called Chaparral Charcoal. Uh, which is a Spanish word that means little little oak shrub, um, but it's kind of it's real popular in the Mexico area. You know, there's chaparral everything down there, um, but it's kind of one of these deals where I came out with this other product. Um, for example, my Texas original products, 15 pound briquette, 20 pound lump. In my chaparral product, I put out a 16 pound lump and an 8.8 .8 pound lump. And those products, because of the sizing, it's a little bit smaller lump than what I put in my bags, but it's a good product, but it's a better price. You know, it's a better price point. So, you know, you can buy that 16 pound bag for 
some stores right now are selling for like eleven dollars. Um, you know, eight point eight pound bag, they're selling for seven bucks. Um, I've also got a smaller briquette in uh, that Chaparral line, and I've got an extruded product in that line, and those are both in eight pound bags. And I was thinking about these products more for smaller grocery, um, convenience store type of stuff. If Ace wants it, they can get it. You know, that's fine. My Texas Original won't go into Ace. It won't go into uh, True Value, not into distribution. Uh, now, if I have an Ace store that contacts me directly, I'll be happy to sell it to them. Um, but I just don't want to go through the distribution channel because... I've dealt with a lot of the big box stuff on, um, you know, having to get into their systems and, you know, it, it just, it's difficult. I'm not lazy. It's just difficult. And at the end of the day, the amount of business that I think I can do on a smaller market and the amount of business I can do in a larger market, I think the profit margins are going to be the same, but I've got a lot less work on my small market side, you know, right. so... Uh, it gives me more opportunity to get out there and, and really push the brand, still do what I like to do, which is still go to events and go see my people. And, you know, I, I want to start competing again a little bit. Um, and I just, I really don't have time to do it. I'm going to take a minute. So I'll go right ahead. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, you know, I was thinking that's that strategy of just putting it into small markets. You know, as you talk about developing a lifestyle brand with, the uh, the pits and the accessories and everything else. Uh, we have a, a restaurant here, but my wife's family has owned a small convenience store, farm market, bakery, gift item, you know, small little shop here for 60 plus mm -hmm. years. Um, if there's a product that, that we use that I like, that I get behind, and I know that our customers can't get it at, you know, Walmart or Ace or anywhere, Home mm -hmm. Depot, Lowe's, whatever, um, I'm going to be a lot more likely to just push everything else aside. Now we don't do a lot with charcoal and stuff. That's kind of on my right. mind for future, but from mm -hmm. you know, food products or gift items or whatever. Um, I mean, we've, <clears throat> it's been very frustrating. We have a couple, have you heard of uh, Duke Cannon soaps, those big soaps? Oh yeah. You've seen those? We found yep. them at a, at a gift show years ago <clears throat> and I did, I'd never heard of them, never seen them. Love the product, mm -hmm. started getting into it, and within a couple of years, now it's in every store you can imagine that they have them. And we've seen yep. that time after time with, there was a guy, um, Abe, who was the true true made uh, barbecue sauce and ketchup made with the vegetables. He was down at the NBQA uh -huh. a few years ago. Um, yep. Great product. We got it in. It sold really well. Um, I mean, good for him. He's expanding his product, but now it's in tons of grocery stores, so mm -hmm. we don't carry it anymore because mm -hmm. we can't compete. So uh, right. from as a as a small business owner, um, I, I love that strategy, and I think mm -hmm. while it's, it it's easier for you from a logistics standpoint, not getting you know, you, hey Joey, can I get a case or a skid? Mm -hmm. Sure, you know, um, you're still you a lot more contacts with people around, but um, there's a lot more loyalty there too from Correct. from those businesses. They're gonna go back and go, no, we're we're sticking with Texas Original because. The service is there. Our, it's a great product, number one, and our customer is going to keep coming back and getting it. So um, I, I think that's a great a great strategy. And from a small business perspective, even though we're not in that world, um, mm -hmm. I like it because I've gotten burned too many times with great products that then end up going on into 
the big box stores. So right, right, and I, I and it's kind of one of those deals where again, like I said, is I mean, I I still shop at Walmart. I still sure. shop at yeah. you know yeah. Best Buy. I I shop at those places. Yep. You know, but I understand how valuable that real estate is in these stores, right? In these in these uh, mom and pop shops. Yeah. They don't they don't have the real estate, you know, and when they're giving up, you know, if they've got two skids of, of products worth of, you know, on their floor and there's only 40 or 60 bags per on that deal, if they're only making a dollar a bag, that's a wasted space. Yeah. You know, right. and you know, there's some stores that I talk to right now, they're like, "Oh man, I got to keep this stuff because if I don't, I won't have any customers come in." And, <laughs> you know, and it, you know, I'm I'm losing money on even having to sell the charcoal. And, you know, and the thing is, is I know it's going to take time. It's not going to be, I had a conversation with someone earlier today, you know, they're, I'm getting inundated right now. People are like, Hey, are you going to the Royal? You're going to be at the Royal. You're going to be here. You're going to go to the Jack. You're going to go, you know, yes and no. You know, I've got a handful of ambassadors right now who I've got guys who have been with me for since 17, 18, you know, and these are guys who I got on the bus way early you know, and, and again, I I don't like cutting checks to anybody, right? Uh, if I don't have to, I'm not going to. Um, mm. You have to understand if I put a bag of charcoal on your hand, if I put a cap on your head, if I put a shirt on your back, <clears throat> somebody paid for that. It's me, right. you know? Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, you know, I keep a running tally of, you know, what I give you, you know? And it's, believe me, I'm giving it to you because I think you're going to do a great job with it and you're going to help me brand, Right. In turn, I think I'm giving you a great product, and I think that you're going to do a great job with it. Um, when that relationship doesn't work two ways, then it goes away. It's simple. You know, if you find a better product for you and mine doesn't work anymore, go use that better product. Don't let me hold you back. You know, I don't have any fear that my brand isn't going to succeed. I know it's going to succeed. Um, I know that we can do well because I've set my goals very low. You know, um, because I, I know what I need to make to survive. You know, yep. I know what I need to make to, I want my dealer to make just as much money as I do. Does that, does that sound crazy? I mean, there's not a lot of people who have that mentality, but if I don't have my dealer, I don't have a business, right? <clears throat> so I think that, you know, in the long, long run of things, the loyalty that I want is my dealer first and then my customer second. You know, um, I actually am making some shirts right now that I'm handing out to, you know, some people right now. And, you know, it's got my branding on it, but on the back it says support your local dealer, you know, because I think that's what it's all about, you know. And, yep. you know, and now I'm in a position too to where I don't have to watch every single thing that I do anymore, you know. So I don't have a lot of people to please, right? As long as I'm happy, we're all happy. And my wife's happy. We're all happy, you know. Um, so I'm not... You know, I don't have to put on a uh, this deal to where I, I can be edgy. I can be I can do anything I want now in my marketing, my advertising, my, uh, you know, where we're going to who we want to support, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter, you know, because um, now I think that the customers who I want are a lot like me. Right. They want to spend the you know, their. They, they don't mind spending money on stuff that is worth spending money on. Um, mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, you know, if I can buy a $50 barbecue pit 
that'll cook just like a $3,500 barbecue pit, I might do it, you know. Um, but we all know that all those things comes with a price, right? You know, so if we get back to like the barbecue line that we have right now, the barbecue line's been out forever, or the pit line rather. And uh, we started kind of jumping in there and going, hey, look, you know, this brand's been out there forever. And he kind of built a brand with going, oh, you know, well, so-and-so sells that pit. Well, let me make one like that. You know, so-and-so makes that. Oh, let me make one like that. And so there's a lot of products that look like a lot of other products, you know. And in the barbecue game, there's a lot of stuff like that, right? There's not, you know, there's there's some brands that are pretty unique and there's some that are, you know, okay. So that's that's like a Jambo or that's like this or that's like whatever. And so when I came into the company, you know, because Anthony, who uh, is my partner on the Texas original barbecue pit side, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, with you launching this charcoal brand, then, you know, you're going to like kick my business in the ass and we're going to start, you know, doing all kinds of stuff. And I said, yeah, we are. I said, but that also means that we have to address design issues. Um, so we make sure that we don't make, you know, because we are make, fixing to make a big splash and we don't want to make the wrong splash. Right. You know, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the barbecue industry right now. The market's shrinking. So, you know, you have a lot of companies who are like suing each other and, you know, doing all this other crazy stuff right now. And uh, so I want to make sure that, you know, we put out a unique product that is going to be unique to us, whether it is features or design or, you know, finishes or whatever. We have to make sure that, you know, our name is Texas Original. So, you know, we can't be the guys that are like, everybody else we we've got to have mm -hmm. original designs and so we have a lot of cool stuff fixing to roll out on that side from live fire tables to uh you know hog cookers to you know all kinds of things that we're rolling out and uh i'm very excited about that because i've always been very i like charcoal but i like cooking and you know i like developing and you know and now we have we've got everything you know and we do some one-offs for customers as well uh, but the main deal is, is we are, you know, a, as a whole entity of companies, you know, we're Texas original brands. Um, so again, like I said, we, you know, being able to be in every, uh, every little segment of the barbecue section is kind of what our goal is, you know, and even my partner on the pit side, you know, he's like, oh yeah. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to try to go into to ACE or we're going to try to do, I was like, no, man, we, you know, with our pit side, we actually like again for your small mom to pop shop so we have like 22 SKUs right now so i've got from fire pits all the way up to trailer pits we've got them all so for my individual dealers um we've been doing a business for the last six years the model that we've had we drop ship everything so we do a lot of business with like barbecue guys out of baton rouge uh we do a business with a lot of dealers across the state and they technically don't have to stock anything that I have. I suggest they do so people can understand what the quality of the product is, but they can actually sell right off, off their website and uh, we'll drop ship straight to their customer's house. Hmm. So that's another tool that we're kind of, um, we're expanding. I mean, right now I literally only have like 10 dealers across the United States that we do that for, but we sell a ton of stuff through barbecue guys right now. Um, so we're actively setting up more dealers to be Texas Original Pits dealers. Plus, it'll be, you know, the charcoal comes with it, you know, so validated. We've got everything that you need. Everything's branded. Everything looks slick. Um, 
but that's kind of one of the things that I've noticed, you know, some of these guys would go, Oh yeah, I'd love to have it, but I just, man, I don't have any space for it. It's awesome. Don't, you know, you don't have to keep them, you know? And then once I tell them, Hey, I'll ship it straight to your customer, you know? And they're like, Oh my God, really? Is that all, you know? And that's it. So we're, I'm working on a brand new website right now. Um, that'll be ready after the first of the year. That'll actually have a dealer portal. So my dealers can actually have their own site. So they can just flip their, computer around, let their customer, they can build a pit out with their customer, um, which basically there's really nothing to build as far as just picking your unit and your finish. And um, then we can either ship it to the store or we can ship it straight to their customer's house. And it's their sale. They sold it, you know, and so it's just like having a, a virtual inventory. So it's almost like Amazon for them. Uh, yep. but like it's I said, great, I think nice. that, that would be, yeah, you know, you're not floor planning a bunch of stuff and not tying up a bunch of cash. And again, I'm trying to create a tool for, to create the most income possible for these dealers. If I'm the only guy out there doing it, where are they going to try to spend the most money? They're going to try to spend it with me, you know, and, uh, as long as we can fulfill what they want and, uh, we can make them happy. Um, I think that we have a, you know, we'll have a pretty good deal going. Nice. Sure. Yeah. So are you, um, like what's your radius, um, throughout the country where you're selling your Texas original products? Like, so right any... now, literally we just got started within the last month. Um, charcoal landed. We're just getting the charcoal out to, uh, our stores right now. So we are working on getting some stuff out of Texas right now. Um, we're, we're open to do business with anybody, anytime, anywhere. Um, okay. but what I've tried to do right now is, uh, I try to get it out into a lot of the specialty meat market sections, um, around the Houston area, Dallas area, San Antonio area, Austin area, um, to expand there. And then once we get past that little market, you know, we can grow, you know, I've got unlimited product. Doesn't matter. Um, but logistically we're trying to play as smart as we can right so what i've done and this is going to be a model that we hope to <clears throat> expand as we move further down the line so i live in seguin texas i'm between austin texas and uh, san antonio texas so um i'm like 30 minutes from each one and i'm an hour from uh no i'm sorry i'm three hours from houston and uh, so what I've done here is I've got a location because one of the things that sets us apart on our pits right now is uh, we have a uh, powder coating process that we're using on these pits right now. Um, so we started because the pits are built beautifully. Um, I didn't want to hide anything on the pits, right? And we got a lot of guys out there right now that really love the raw pit look. But, uh, you know, you have customers, oh, here's your pit now coat it in oil every weekend, you know, to keep it looking good. Well, I don't think that that's cool because I wouldn't do it. You know, I'm going to cook every time that I'm going to cook on it, I'm probably going to try to wipe it off and that's about it. Um, so we came up with this system to uh, be able to powder coat these pits. Um, and so I have a clear that we've been working on for a while and it it's finally ready to go. And so now we're doing these pits, clear patina, um, just beautiful looking pit over time. The patina changes a little bit under there, but it's a, just a raw steel. And, um, so that's kind of one of the things that we've started to do. So here in Seguin, I have my powder coat facility, but I also am opening up a factory store down here. 
And so I've got a factory store. We've got all our pits, all our accessories, all the charcoals that I'm making right now, I've got here. Um, so when you walk into my showroom here, you know, again, we've got 22 different pits. Uh, we've got, uh, right now I've got four, five, six, seven, eight. I've got 11 different charcoals on the ground right now. And it's just, it's various because I make some for some Mexican meat markets that are, you know, like all mesquite products and, you know, various stuff like that. So when you come here, I've got everything, but everything is retail, right? So uh, I'm not going to undercut my dealers even here. So it's available if you want to buy it. But if you have a dealer that you're loyal to, um, I suggest you buy it from your local dealer. You know, it's not a big deal. You know, uh, again, if somebody wants to come and buy and they're passing through or whatever, awesome. I'm not going to say that we're, you know, we're a closed showroom or anything like that, but uh, this isn't going to be the place that like 4th of July, it's, there's not going to be sales. There's never going to be sales in my place. So I'm going to pass those on to my dealers, you know, whenever those holidays and stuff come up. And then I also am giving my dealers an opportunity to do volume buys at the beginning of the year. So uh, they don't have to take possession of product, but they can buy in volume for discounts um, that if they commit to it, they get the discount and then we ship out the product as, as needed. You know, we set up a time. So it gives these guys an opportunity to, you know, buy like big box stores without having inventory like big box stores. Nice. nice. So they they basically commit to buying the product even though they're not stocking it in their store. Correct. Exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then if we, you know, if we get close, awesome. You know, not a big deal. You know, if they, if they commit to 10 pallets and they only buy two, well, you know, then we do a little chargeback on, you know, a little bit of a percentage, you know, whatever. But right. I think that the program will work for most people. So with that in mind, I have a will call center there. I also have a will call center, two will call centers actually in Houston. Um, so those dealers, you know, they can buy product for zero freight. Um, and, you know, they just got to put some money in truck and go send it to the shop to go pick it up. You know, and again, like I said, trying to trying to save that dealer every penny he can uh, to be able to put on his retail. Mm -hmm. So how do you see this expanding outside of Texas? Or are you really just like, you know what, I want to focus on Texas and and... So kind of what the plan is, is uh, we're going to, I'm giving myself until like, uh, I'm going to give myself one year at this, at this location. Um, if we can make this program work here with the factory store and, and the uh, dealer allocations and, you know, all that type of stuff out of there, because again, I don't foresee that our logistics are going to get any cheaper within the next two years, yeah. right? We're going to have to deal with a little bit higher freight and, you know, sure. stuff like that. So what we're looking at doing is uh, potentially franchising out uh, these factory stores. And uh, if we do that, uh, then I would look at opening a few more stores, you know, going east, going west, and uh, then putting in the same programs through those factory stores. And, um, and again, like I said, give that dealer an opportunity to become a distributor. But then again, he's got, he, it comes fully stocked with everything that you need to have a barbecue store. That sounds like a great plan. I've got my wheels <laughs> so, running now. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's something that I've worked on for a long time, and I've I'm trying to understand why it didn't exist. Right? You know, you, you have yeah. your barbecues galore. You've got you know all that type of stuff. I get it. I understand. You know, um, but again, like I said, is it, it 
it kind of hit me because about a year and a half ago, my powder coater uh, hit me up and he goes, hey, man, he goes, I want to open a barbecue store. And I was like, man, I, I really don't. I, because I know him, I was like, nah, I don't think you really do. So you don't want to deal with, you know, 60 vendors. You know, you, you just need to deal with one, you know, and I, I had this program, you know, kind of working. And I said, man, I said, just just hold on a minute. You know, let's see if we can put this deal together. And, um, you know, and then I just started thinking about it. You know, there's there's guys who who, you know, buy into franchises all the time. Right. And some of these guys buying these franchises and it's not necessarily something that they really love to do. You know, it's just because it's a it's a an opportunity to make some money. Right. And it, it they don't have to go do a nine to five or, you know, or, or realistically, you know, uh, in most people's minds. And, you know, I know so many people who if they had an opportunity to open a barbecue store and become a uh, become that guy, you know, who, you know, gets to hold classes on the weekends and, you know, entertain and, you know, all that type of stuff. There's a ton of people who can do that. You know, um, and I just think there's it's a great opportunity for for people to do it, because, again, I mean, I'm 52. I think I'm 52 right now. Um, you know, I've been doing this a long time. Um, I, I hit it hard every week, man. I am. I don't even know. I bought a van uh, six months ago and I think I got 30,000 miles on my van, you know, uh, um, but, you know, most people, so, you know, so you're not you, traveling any less. No, not at all. You know, <laughs> okay. and that's the okay. thing for me is, you know, everybody who knows me <clears throat> understands, you know, I'll show up, I do everything. Uh, you know, I'm just getting to the point right now to where I have people who, you know, will come, you know, help me out, you know, hang out with me, do whatever, you know, type of deal. But I've, I've always, even when I worked with B&B or any other brand, I mean, it was always me. And, you know, I always got everything ready. And then people would roll in and, you know, okay, we're ready to go, you know, type of thing. And, so the good thing for me is, you know, I'm no stranger to the hard work. Um, so the rest of this work is kind of easy, you know, but I do have some some help in the back end right now. Um, some friends who, again, it's all barbecue related. You know, I've got my videographer that's been with me for the last five years. Um, he's still working for other people, but, you know, he's given me all, you know, he's doing a lot of work with me. Um, I still find him other work, you know, outside in the barbecue world. Um, you know, I've got, um, a lady who, uh, Saffron Hodson, who actually, yeah. uh, I've known her for years through NBBQA and stuff like that. So I just brought her on. She's helping me out with uh, back end on, uh, socials and, um, and on web development, stuff like that. She's project manager for me right now for my website. And, um, you know, again, I've got a great partner in my barbecue pit side. He's been doing it forever. You know, he's got, he's the business side of the things, you know, and then I've got partners on the charcoal side, which, you know, like you said, they're doing the business part. I'm putting everything else together. I'm doing what I do best. Um, I'm not the best bookkeeper, you know, um, I'm not the best scheduler, um, but I, my phone's always on and um, stupid me, I answer it every single time. You know, <laughs> if I, if I don't answer it, it's because I'm on another call. And if I tell you, I'm going to call you right back, it's probably going to be tomorrow. But, um, you know, but that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. You know, I, for the last, I don't know, six years, seven years, you know, it, it's, there's never a vacation. There's never time off. There's, you know, there's never a bad time. You know, um, we always try to make plans and, and try to keep them, 
you know, and if something comes up, you know, we try to let everybody know and we try to, we, we try to be as involved as possible, hands-on as possible. I still believe that nobody's going to sell anything better than you if it's yours. Um, you know, and I still believe that, you know, you, you can let somebody go do something. Uh, they're never going to do it as good as you. I don't care who they are, you know, right. and, um, you know, and I'm the type of guy who, who I'm not going to say I don't have patience, but I just, you know, I like to get it done. You know, um, I don't always get it done exactly the way I want it to get done, but it gets done. Right. And, um, so I think that, you know, as we move forward, um, with growing this brand and, and hopefully growing more friends, customers, um, employees, potentially, you know, as we go on down the road, I think that the, the future is super bright for what we want to do. Uh, my plan is like super dumbed down. You know, uh, a lot of people can really understand what I'm trying to do at the end of the day. Customers understand what I'm trying to do, right? Business people don't because they think I'm taking the wrong route, right? <laughs> you know, they want me to, to, to reach for the golden ring. I don't want the ring. You know, we, we want everything else around the ring. And, um, and I think that that's just kind of, you know, it's either going to be my, my road to success or it's going to be my demise, one of the two. But, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, doing what I want to do the way that I think it should be done uh, for the last few years, that's what I've done. And um, it's worked. So uh, I'm going to just keep trying. And it's yours, like you said. Yes, and it's mine. Yeah, the only one I can be mad at at the end of the day is me. Correct. Well, I like, you know, I see your T-shirt, I see your hat. So, yeah, you're doing a great job, you know, so far branding. So Yes, yeah, sure. exactly. It looks great. <laughs> now, are you coming out? Um, so you said you had the oak um, lump and then you get the briquettes. Are you planning on coming out mm -hmm. with any other flavors? Um, do you have any other? So basically, a lot of people don't know what's fixing to happen. But um, so we're riding this out until the first of the year. After the first of the year, uh, we're going to be dropping. Um, my plan is, is every three months, we'll be dropping a new product. So uh, first and foremost, I'm going to jump in uh, because I, from being from Texas and everything else, I honestly, I do love mesquite. And um, so I am going to run a mesquite right after this so i'll have a briquette and i'll have a, a, a lump product it'll come out then after that um i'll go into pecan and uh, so i have plans for a pecan uh briquette um there is not enough wood um it, it's very hard to get pecan done okay in charcoal so and i'll get this all out there right now is all the charcoal that i produce right now it all comes from mexico and um so 85% of what you find on the shelf today is all from Mexico. During COVID, everything was from Mexico. I don't care what it said on the back, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, um, you know, but that's kind of the thing, you know, there's, there's a misnomer out there for, you know, when you look at my bag, it says Tex-Mex blend, prime blend. So the theory behind my thing is, is it's Texas style comes from Mexico, right? Pretty much everything that we do um, has been this, doing the same way for a hundred plus years on the charcoal side, right? The development of this charcoal is has always been the same. Um, where I get charcoal produced 
from the Texas border, we're hour and a half, you know? So, I mean, it's literally right there, you know? So it's not that big of a deal. Um, people don't send wood from Texas into Mexico to make charcoal, right? They, they use wood from Mexico. And um, so if you see, there's a lot of stuff going on right now where they're saying like post oak charcoal and all this other stuff. That ain't it. So they, they don't have post oak. Post oak does not exist in Mexico. So there is a bunch of different uh, oaks down there that they make charcoal out of, um, but it doesn't exist. You know, whenever you're talking about XL, like that big, big charcoal or the Cabaracho Blanco type of charcoal, that's coming from way down South America. Um, you know, and again, like I said, is for a long time, a lot of people don't know, didn't really know what the process was or how it was made or how, you know, anything. As we release more stuff with our educational stuff that we're doing on our website, because we've got a ton of content coming out, you know, from events to, you know, we're doing a lot of other events like live fire cooks and, um, showing people how to do stuff that's, you know, not just cooking a brisket, you know, that stuff is you know, you, you can find that out from anybody. We're going to give some really, really cool content fixing to come out. We're going to get into how this charcoal is made. Uh, we're going to show you how these briquettes are made, how these extruded products are made. And I'm going to have people start to understand um, how many hands touch this product before it ever hits the bag. You know, because a lot of people, you know, who are like, oh, yeah, that's too much to pay for charcoal. Man, you have no idea. You have absolutely no idea how it's done, how the process works. You know, there are some people who have retort kilns, you know, that they actually make charcoal in. There's charcoal that's just dug a hole and they stick it all in the ground and they burn it out in the ground in a field somewhere. And um, it all gets bagged and then it's brought into town. You know, um, we have people who, you know, want to want to bash brands because, you know, oh, well, I found a rock in my bag. Well, you know, you're lucky that's all you found in there sometimes, you know, it, because sometimes, you know, like uh, a lot of people have like um, somebody told me the other day, he goes, oh, I've been saving this. We were at a cook. I forget where it was. And they go, oh, yeah, I've been saving this. Look at this thing that I found in that bag. And it's it's a metal band. And I said, well, I said, I can almost guarantee you who that bag came out of or, you know, what the product came out of, you know, what bag I said, you know, because they basically, they take all these floor scraps and they band them together and they forklift them into a, a, a kiln, a retort kiln, and they burn it down and they scoop it all out. And of course that's the band is what's left out of all those flooring pieces, you know, and you know, the difference that you're going to find on a lot of the U S charcoal, uh, the, the produced in the U S charcoal <clears throat> is, when you pick up that piece of lump and it, it, there's no weight to it, right? It's just super, super light. And the reason for that is because that wood has already been kiln dried way before it was ever put in a kiln because again, it was for flooring or it was for, you know, if it's coming out of the Midwest somewhere, um, most of that stuff is, is, you know, it's lumber that's left over that they can't use for production. And that's where they make that charcoal out of. And they'll mix it in with some other, you know, small rounds and stuff like that. But when you get down to other charcoal products and you find these big, dense pieces that, you know, some of them haven't even been burned all the way. Um, those were actually done in these ground kilns that they build way out in, you know, south, south Mexico. And uh, what happens is they, they have these families that have been doing this for centuries that are called carbaneros. 
And basically what happens are these guys are like nomads and the government writes these, uh, they write these uh, lease contracts and it gives them permission to go out there and they go, okay, we need this section, you know, couple thousand acres, you know, we need this cleared because they're going to bring in a crop or they're going to run cows in there or something like that. So they'll get this family to go down there. They cut down all the trees. So when half of them are cutting the trees down, the other half of them are, are digging out like a football field and um, in the ground. And as they're cutting all that green wood, it goes into these, uh, these holes that they're digging out. And so they just stack all the wood in there. And then once they have it full, they'll go in there and they'll start those, <clears throat> what they call those kilns. And, um, and they'll burn that, burn all that wood down until it creates that coal. And um, on some of them, like I said, it doesn't always burn everything down. So when you find those pieces in there like that, that's where that came from. And then on the other end of the spectrum, when you have a retort system, um, which that one looks like a big pizza oven, you know, type of deal. And that's the other deal. They're just stuffing those things full of wood and then they may have gas or they may do it with kerosene or, or natural gas, you know, set up to be able to burn all that wood down. And, um, and it's just, it's simple process. They get it going and then they, you know, they starve it for air. And then once it gets to the, uh, smoke gets to a certain color, they'll actually choke it off and then they just let it sit for a few days before they can get it all out of there. And then all they do is they pull it all out. They put it in these big thousand pound sacks and uh, they load them up on trucks and then they go, most of it all goes to Monterey. So Monterey is the Mecca of uh, charcoal manufacturing. So you got 50 different guys there who, who will, you know, bag charcoal. You have some guys who are really good and some guys who really aren't, but you got to figure on some of these guys who've been doing this business for years they have relationships with some people, right? And that's, they buy all the charcoal that they make all the time. And then you have other guys who come to town and it's like selling aluminum cans, you know, whoever's paying the most that day gets their charcoal. And um, then from that point, you have a lot of people who go over there to go private label charcoal with them. You know, they'll get them, take them their bags. They put their wooden charcoal or whatever in these bags and they get shipped to the U.S. Um, those guys, it just kind of depends on what they have available. Like if the guy's already got your bags and he's got a contract to give you, you know, two, you know, 20 truckloads of charcoal, you're getting whatever he's got. And then like with what I'm doing right now is I actually have partnered with a, a plant down there who's does majority, they're one of the biggest ones down there and we're able to go and select what we want. So I get a higher quality product in my bags. You know, mm -hmm. so I'm trying to keep the trash out of my bags. And that's one of the things where if you don't have people down there who can kind of manage this for you, that's the issue. And that's where you'll find some bags will be good and some bags will be bad and, you know, and that type of deal. And um, so the process is like super interesting the way it all works. And a lot of people just don't understand, you know, the process of going and getting that bag of charcoal to go cook a chicken. You know, so it's kind of one of my intentions on, you know, not only doing what we're doing, but also to bring more education on, you know, the process of what we're doing, the process of how we're building even our pits, you know, uh, more of the process of, you know, where's our meats coming from. And, you know, so we got all kinds of cool in 
uh, educational stuff coming. Yeah, that's great. I, I just learned a shitload about charcoal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's no fun, idea. you know. Yeah, it's crazy. I had no idea that, you know, it touched that many hands and, and you know, the type of wood that was getting used and, and all that stuff. I mean, it's, it's, it is very interesting, you know. And Oh, yeah. Well, like, I think it's like important. Now I think it's more mm -hmm. important for people to understand, you know, exactly where it comes from and, and to have a respect mm -hmm. for what for what it is. You know, it took people forever to start to appreciate a Wagyu cow, right? You know, it, it yeah. you know the guys who are buying tomahawks today, ten years ago would say, Dad, you're crazy if I'm gonna spend seventy dollars on one steak. You know. But I mean, right. but that's the thing is, you know, mentalities have changed. So I think it's time that, you know, we start to give these people a little bit more information and education on what it is. And then I, I hope that it will also help, you know, some of these retailers understand that, you know, they need to quit cutting everybody's throat, you know, because, you know, it's difficult, you know, when you deal with big box stores like Walmart and stuff like that for a smaller business, all they do is, they can bankrupt I mean, you. they, sh they shut businesses down. Yeah. You know, yep. and unfortunately, you know, that's just the case. You know, they, they keep you in there long enough to understand if your product's going to sell well, and then they're going to go make it, you know. And mm -hmm. um, yep. so, like I said, is is I just don't want to be put in that situation and um, don't feel like I have to. No. Right. And there's so, so much about small business in general is, is relationships. I mean, we yep. I deal with certain vendors now because... I mean, one guy lives down the street from me, yep. and I see him all the time. I saw him at the grocery store the other day, and uh, I could probably get some of his products elsewhere for maybe a little bit cheaper, but I know that if I'm in a pinch, he's going to come through for me, so I, yep. keep, I yep. keep buying some stuff from him. Um, same thing with our food suppliers. Even though we're dealing with bigger companies, the sales rep has been fantastic, so I'm going to continue to yep. get stuff from him. So the, the relationships... <clears throat> And I think as you talk about education, you know, you're right through COVID and, and everything else, people are, are much more in tune with what they're spending their money on and with inflation mm -hmm. and the things the way they are now, that disposable income is getting less and less and less. So if mm -hmm. I'm going to have 50 bucks to spend on whatever barbecue accessories or products or supplies that I need, um, I'm going to mm -hmm. get the best stuff that I can. You know, I'm, I'm going to get the best product that I can get or, or that I know. And if I know that, you know, hey, Joey, I've met him and or the dealer that supplies Texas original stuff and they've always been good to me, I'm going to keep going back mm -hmm. there. Um, so it's uh, establishing those relationships are the long-term way to to lock that business in. And we see it in the restaurant business. Mm -hmm. You know, people come in here and, yeah. and, you know, they like our food. We got a nice atmosphere. We have a good quality product. Um, our staff is nice. We've got a customer mm -hmm. for for life, you know. Hopefully, yep. And uh, you know, while they could go get it cheaper somewhere else or whatever, that's that's not necessarily what people are always looking for. No, if they like, you know, I again, Dan and I, you two, like, we're all small business owners, and mm -hmm. you know, I'm in I'm in New Hampshire, and I'm a food truck um, where you have these, you know. I would say barbecue factories because they've been in business since, you know, 1960s, 1950s, but they believe in the product, but they also trust who it's coming from. Mm -hmm. And, you know, mm -hmm. we treat our customers like family. And I think, you know, you do that as well. I mean, I met you 
I met you in Jacksonville. Um, mm-hmm. I met you in, uh, I believe, um, Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't, you know, you don't know who I am. I don't know who you mm-hmm. are. But because we're part of the same barbecue family, you know, right. you're one of the nicest guys I've ever met. Like, you know, you treat everybody <laughs> like family. And, mm-hmm. you know, it that makes that makes a huge difference to people. Yep. You know? Well, it's always, I, I like to, you know, treat others, you know, the old agent, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I tell people all the time, you know, who, who I am today is who I'm going to be tomorrow. And, you know, and I, I've kind of taken this attitude too, because I know that there's some people that I, I'm not exactly making, you know, they're not exactly happy with what I'm doing right now um, because they know what my potential is. Right. You know, so it's that it's the, yeah. uh, you know, it's OK to be hated, you know, situation. Um, yep. You know, I, I don't I don't hate anybody. You know, I like everybody. I want everyone to be successful. I think there's room in this market to be successful. But I think that if you don't have respect for someone. You don't you don't deserve the business, you know, and, sure. you know, and that and that's kind of the deal is, you know, I've had so many horror stories over the last, you know, all all through this, this last year of me kind of going down this journey of, you know, figuring out what I wanted to do, because I've had this opportunity to do this for, I don't know, the last five years, you know, I I could have done this at any time, but I just, I felt like I wasn't ready or I felt like it was just bad timing. Or if it was, you know, I kept looking for that right time and it just, there's not, you know, here I am. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm 52 years old. I've got a set of twins uh, boy, girl, twins. They're, they're 20 years old right now. My wife's a traveling nurse. I'm never home. She's never home. You know, I'm like, I don't even know what I'm waiting for anymore because it, there's, you know, every everything's gone. You know, I, I missed almost everything, you know, with my kids and everything else because of what I've done with my work. You know, mm-hmm. luckily enough, I was, you know, my kids wanted to spend the summers with me and they would travel with me during the summers. And then, of course, you know, my son, Ty, from about 13, 14 till, you know, about 17 years old, you know, he competed, you know, we did a lot of stuff together. Uh, we had a lot of fun, but other than that, you know, like my wife, she don't even like going to barbecue things anymore <laughs> because she knows that she will not have any attention from me, you know, because I spend my time with everyone. So, you know, even though she enjoys going to them, she'll go and she'll know that she's not spending any time with me at all, you know, but she's got friends that she'll go and she'll hang out with or whatever. And we'll meet up later, but it's kind of one of those things I, I, you know, I think about so much that I've sacrificed over these last years to try to be successful for someone else, you know, and now it's like, I have no clue why I didn't do this earlier. You know, I've I've been approached by so many people who, you know, want to know if, if I am, um, if I want to, um, uh, um, to be, to have investors and, you know, all this other type of deal. And, you know, and I tell them right now, I'm, I don't know, you know, maybe after a while I said, but right now I think I'm good. You know, Fred Robles. Fred Robles. No. Fred Robles is, uh, he is from the Valley and, um, anyway, sorry. So he's got the CBA, the champions barbecue, Alliance. So he started his own organization 
And I'm actually a board member with him on that organization. So it's kind of like a slash between IBCA cooking and uh, KCBS cooking. So they brought mm -hmm. kind of all that together, but their scoring <clears throat> systems are like um, uh, no, no paper. It's all digital and it created a really cool thing. And, um, and he, uh, anyway, we're supposed to have a meeting tonight later. So anyways, but <laughs> like I said, I mean, it's been a, uh, I've enjoyed speaking to y'all, you know, like I said, it's, it's every time that I, I speak to someone else, you know, I, I kind of put more and more out there because now I, I don't, like I said, I, you before like the barbecue or the charcoal process, I could never talk about that with anyone that I ever worked for before. They didn't want anybody mm -hmm. to know, Yeah, you know, and, um, to be real honest, it doesn't matter. You know, um, you know, again, it's the quality of the product is, is what's going to speak volumes for, you know, what you do. And, um, you know, in, if I could do it all here in Texas, I'd love to do it here in Texas, but EPA would never let us do it, you know, and yeah. we can't have, um, we can't have a, um, in order to set up a facility to make charcoal in Texas right now, before you even got started, you'd spend probably 4 million bucks. You know, and um, like I said, and it's just the EPA, you know, has, has really clamped down on, on stuff like that. We we have plans that maybe later we may start a briquetting uh, plant in Texas, which would be huge. Um, then we can honestly put, you know, made in Texas on a product. Um, but uh, that would be something that I would create to do for other people, you know, because a lot of the grocery stores and stuff like that, they would they would buy that product. Um but um, like I said, it, it's from that point on, it's it just, you know, it's volume business is awesome um, if you don't have to sell it, you know. So, uh, you know, I love doing stuff for other people in that volume type of business. But doing what I'm doing right now, you know, I'm holding back the good stuff for me and my customers. And uh, and I'm perfectly good with that. So I know in the beginning it's, we said, uh, you know, get to know you barbecue wise and personal wise but every conversation that we usually have just stays <laughs> with barbecue because yeah i mean it's life you know yeah um you know starting this texas original like you said you have no vacations you know you've missed a lot of stuff with your kids and i mean do you have time now like you know do you and your wife take you know go away for a week weekend i mean or are you still grinding um and then you know Hey, babe, that'll come later, <laughs> you know? Honestly, I think uh, earlier this year, my wife's always been a nurse, but she mm -hmm. started um, doing a traveling nurse gig. Um, it's I guess it's been a year now. And so she goes out 13 weeks at a time, and um, we wind up meeting somewhere, uh, you know, usually only like once during that whole time. Last time we met down in uh, New Orleans, um, I had her meet me down there and, uh, we spent some days together and, uh, but of course, everywhere we go, we have, I've got friends who have restaurants or, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, it's always food related. I don't drink. I, I gave up drinking a long time ago. And, uh, so I don't drink, you know, I, I don't, I don't really have any vices. So, uh, for us, we go eat and, uh, you know, we, we visit and we, I actually, I, I'm big on biking, um, but not like mountain biking or I, it's, I actually, I still ride. I got 29 inch BMX bikes. So, oh. um, oh, that's, nice. you know, I, everything that I wanted when I was a kid, I have now, 
So, you know, so like I said, I bought all those cool BMX bikes that I wanted and um, I played disc golf. Um, but honestly, in the last six months, I haven't hardly had time to do any of it. I think my wife mm -hmm. and I went in, uh, like I said, we went to, to uh, New Orleans. Um, I think I played disc golf one time, rode bikes one day, and that's been it. And other than that, it's grind every single day. Um, I had Australia folks. Um, you know, later tonight, I'll talk to those guys. Um, and, uh, like I said, it's, it's a never ending cycle for me. Uh, I'm always months ahead. So, you know, I'm planning, um, I'm already into like December, um, on trying to schedule events and, you know, that type of deal. Um, I look forward to Thanksgiving because we'll have a little, sh you know, little, little lull there in Thanksgiving. But at the same time, we've decided to sell our house and go build. We've, I've got a big ranch uh, outside of uh, where I live right here. We've got a big ranch, about 150 acres. And I've been wanting to build a house out there for 30 years. And um, so now the kids are gone. So now we're going to go build a house, I think. <laughs> and uh, then they'll come back. So, yeah. um, but I'm building kind of a place that uh, I've wanted to build kind of a big entertaining place. And, uh, you know, I, I plan on being in this business for a long time. Um, just not working as hard as I am and, uh, bringing in some good people to help me grow this business. And, um, I want a place to where, you know, like I said, we can invite people out, come cook and hang out and film. And, you know, and like I said, it is just kind of like an entertaining spot out there. Um, and, uh, and that's about it, man. I, I think that, you know, I'm trying to spend more time and my kids turned 21 this year. They want to go to Vegas for their birthday. Um, I hate Vegas, but, you know, <laughs> we'll we'll go to Vegas for their birthday. And I've been blessed with uh, two great kids and uh, my daughters. And she's a junior in college um, and she's changed her major from special ed teacher to uh, social media. So I'm hoping that she'll help me out later. Sure. And then mm -hmm. I've had a son who, uh, Ty has, he's done all kinds of stuff. He just started, he's kind of like in the, uh, he's been doing cell tower climbing and, uh, oh, wow. now he's wanting to go into like fiber splicing. And, um, so he's just one that's always wanted to work. So I'm, I'm pretty happy and he just don't want to work for me, but he, he wants to work. <laughs> yeah, so. That's all right. But, uh, well, but other than that, I mean, that's, that's it. That's rare yeah, for yeah. a lot of kids these days. No, I, so. I, I, we, I had a conversation with a guy the other day because I was looking for, you know, some, some kids at the shop, you know, and cause I'm thinking about, you know, talking about, you know, what other things we're going to do is I am thinking about doing uh, route sales. Um, so, you know, getting a couple trucks and, you know, sending people out and, you know, to be able to service these, these uh, mom and pop shops who can only do, you know, who, who can't get out and, you know, pick up a pallet or, you know, whatever. And so we're, we're contemplating doing some route sales, you know, that I could do, you know, one area, one week, another area, another week. And, you know, I've always had a concept is I'll never be finished in Texas, right? Texas is so big and there's oh, so yeah. many stores and there's so many opportunities mm -hmm. that I think that, you know, when I say that I can, that I've conquered Texas, that's when I'm done, you know, uh, because <laughs> right. it, it's, like I said, it just, I don't think it'll ever happen, you know, but I think it's a big enough tool, you know, and, and that's why it was very important for me to have Texas on this brand. Um, because in my experience with every other product I've had, you know, I've already had, 
a lot of European companies or uh, countries reach out to me right now who already want the product, you know, in, you know, Australia, New Zealand, um, you know, uh, Canada. Um, and it's kind of like one of these deals. And I was like, you don't, you haven't even used it. No one's even done any reviews on it. And they're like, oh, no, no, but we are, we know you. So, you know, we think it's going to be really good. And I'm like, all right, well, it sounds good to me. And um, so we're already kind of working on that type of stuff. And, you know, I know the brand's going to grow. And like yeah. I said, is we want to be a fun brand and we want to have fun people and we want to have, um, you know, like I said, I've always joked that we want to be the Yeti, you know, of the barbecue world. Right. You know, we want to have that that mentality, you know, that that's when you look at us. I, I, you know, every time somebody thinks about it, it's, it's because it's fun and it's bringing the family around, you know, a, a picnic table or a dining room table or a barbecue pit or, you know, something. That's what I want it to be. You know, I don't want to be I don't want to be the. I don't know. Uh, like I said, it's it just kind of one of those things that I I think it's about family, you know, whether they're, oh, they're blood or not. Yep. That's what it is. It's, you know, I put hashtag BBQ FAM on everything, you know, because that's that's the way I've always looked at this is, you know, no matter where I go. And um, I ran into a guy this past week, Patrick Banks, um, who I've known forever. And, you know, he called me. He goes, hey, I'm coming to Seguin because he wanted to come eat at uh, Burnt Bean here in Seguin and uh, with Ernest Cervantes and He's like, hey, if you're in town, you know, and I, I actually, I had stuff to do, but I said, you know what? You're in town. I'll meet you down there. We'll, you know, hang out, do whatever. And it's kind of one of those deals. His wife goes, oh my God, everywhere we go, he's, he knows somebody. And I said, well, <laughs> I said, that's, you know, that's how my wife feels everywhere we go. You know, it's like, hey, I, I gotta, we gotta go over here to, you know, go see somebody. And I'm in Texas. So, you know, I drive 200 miles every day. You know, regardless, even if I'm not going anywhere, I still drive 200 miles a day. So I'll run to San Antonio or I'll run to Austin or I'll run to whatever, you know, and, you know, just to go say hi or, or you know, do whatever, check on someone. And, you know, but that's kind of my thing is um, I go to places and, and people are like, oh, yeah, but that's on the other side of town. I was like, well, what do you mean? You know, that's like it's 15 minutes away. You know, oh, yeah, we just don't go over there. It's like, ah, that's ridiculous, <laughs> you know. Um, but anyways, but I don't know. It's just my mentality, and I guess that's just the way I grew up. But, um, you know, I, I just, if, if I have to go out of my way and I, I can make a customer happy or if I can, um, you know, make anybody happy. You know, I don't know how many times I've met somebody on the side of the road who just said, hey, I can't find your product, but I'm going to contest and I really want to use it. Hey, you know what? I I really want to see a picture of that bag next to your pit on social media, you know? Um, so, you know, if you do that for me, you know, I'll do that for you. And uh, not saying I can do it every single time, but, you know, it, it depends on the scenario. But, you know, when you're in brand building mode, um, you have to weed out the ones who just say, hey, you know, g give me give me free stuff. And the guys who go, no, 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 you give it to me and I'm going to use it, you know, because, sure. you know, there's several times I know lots of guys who are brand ambassadors for people and, you know, they got this bag out, but they're using it a whole different product, you know, and um, we, you know, like I said, is I think I've been in the game long enough that I understand, you know, who, who who's for real and who's not. 
And mm-hmm. um, I just want to deal with those people. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Thanks, like music. <laughs> mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Joey, it was a pleasure talking to you. Um, I appreciate it. You know, we went an hour and 20 minutes, which is huge. And and I'd say he has the best connection we've ever had on the show. Absolutely. So that's, no that's, cutouts, that's no freezing, time. no drop. Other than your, <laughs> well, that's you awesome. your microphone for that time. That has been yeah, pretty smooth. Yeah, this one will be easy to edit. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> well that's good i appreciate it very much man so i think you need to make shirts that say like the king of coals or the king of charcoal because i mean that's in my mind that's what you are i mean you you know you well, I basically that. every brand that you've been with you know they owe you big time for who they are now and now with your own brand i mean you know i'm in new hampshire and not just because you know i know who you are um, right. You know, I have seen your stuff on Instagram, on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you are getting that out there as well. So we're going to you know. continue to kill it. Uh, we've got some uh, I'm trying to convert some guys out in your area. I actually have a, a guy I just talked to last night that's uh, in Jersey um, who's got Brothers Barbecue. Um, I don't know if you happen to even know who those guys are. There's they're, uh, they're literally some brothers. They all look like they play for. I don't know what football team, but they, they're big. <laughs> and um, I had gone up to uh, to go cook uh, Pig Beach uh, a couple years ago and uh, they're for Brisket King. And uh, when it's just long story, we, we had a, needed a barbecue pit to use. I met this guy through Syntex um, who builds pits down here in Texas that happened to have this thousand gallon that was headed up there. And I met these guys. Taught them how to cook on their their syntax pit, and we've been friends ever since. And uh, so the guy calls me yesterday. He goes, "Hey man," he goes, "I just bought a restaurant upstate New York steakhouse." He said, "We're going to do Texas style steaks," hmm. and I was like, "Man, that sounds awesome." He goes, "Hey, do you want to uh, you want to teach us how to do that?" I was like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> you know, he's like, "Yeah," he goes, "Me and my brothers are going to come down to Texas and." in November, can we come hang out with you? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. And he goes, yeah. He said, and then when we do, he said, we're just going to take all your stuff up there. And, um, you, you know, cause I've told him about my ranch that, you know, we've got, I've got acres and acres of mesquite out there. He goes, yeah, we're going to come down there with a big old trailer. And he goes, we, we just want to come and, and, and get mesquite wood and take all your charcoal back. I was like, all right, cool. You know, we'll do that. And he's, yeah, we're going to want to do store there. And, you know, but again, it's like the, it's these one time little relationship deals that you have and people know that you're not full of shit, you know, whatever. Sure. And, you know, and like I said, is that's, that's what it's all about. But getting to the t-shirt deal, I actually have a shirt that I'm fixing to make, which is in Spanish, <clears throat> charcoal is called carbon, C-A-R-B-O-N. Yeah. But then also in Spanish, there's a word that's called cabron which means something not that. So yeah. uh, so anyway, so we have a shirt and it says Carbon AF. And um, so that's going to be, so it just, I, I think that's kind of our deal is, you know, everyone has always kind of told me kind of the same deal. You know, you, you, you've done a lot for the charcoal world, you know, type of deal. And I appreciate that. But like I said, we're, we're going to uh, make big strides and uh, hopefully you'll see us up there here pretty quick. I know that we've got uh, Wanamaker's up in uh, in Illinois uh, wants to try to bring us in, and uh, like I tell everybody, if you know if it makes dollars, it makes sense. So let's see what we can do. Yeah, 
Very awesome. cool. Well, All good right. luck. You know, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate it. You've been yeah, thanks I appreciate it sending your much. schedule. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's it's all good. Now I get to go jump on another one. There you go. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. Y'all have all a right, good night. Thanks, one. Joey. All right. You have too. A have night. a good night, Joey. All right. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.